The stage is set, the audience is hungry, the podcast is fully loaded and booted. John, take it away. Hey, everyone out there in podcast land. It's uh, good to see you. Uh, or, no, that was all right. All right. Hey, David, how are you doing? I'm okay. It's Election Profit Makers, the latest episode of our political podcast where we make money and also lose money betting on political outcomes and current events. And my name this week is the same as it was last week and low those many weeks before. It's Kid Midas, the original wave rider. And I'm joined on the line by someone named... Long John Silver, I believe. Long John, is that your name? Yes, that's me. That's me. Uh, I didn't lose any money this week. I only gained money on Predicted this week. You did a good job, didn't you? But let's not jump ahead. I'm still in the throes of my introductory remarks. Oh, sorry, sorry. That's okay. Uh, What else did I want to say in terms of this introduction? Well, they say that in America, it's little pink houses for you and me. And also, they say, I rode through the desert on a horse with no name, America. Although that one's a little trickier because in that case, it's the name of the band that is America rather than the song itself being about America. I'm talking about the song Horse With No Name, one of the worst songs ever recorded. Really? I think so. But is it about America? Maybe it is. I rode through the desert on a horse with no name. It felt good to be out of the rain. Oh, maybe it is about America. Is that what? Yeah. In the desert, you can... No one remembers your name because it ain't no something to ba ba ding gang da-da-da. I don't know. It's like a nursery rhyme from hell. That's what that song reminds me of. America. That was, you know, back in the day, that was a naming convention that that, uh, bands, they really were into the geo names. You know, you had America and Boston and... Kansas and Asia. It's it's uncanny because when I was having Taco Thursdays with our friend Aaron, we tried to make a list of all bands with geographic names, and I totally forgot about the band America. It started with us talking about, started with us listening to some classic rock by a band called Boston and wondering if that would be an interesting biopic. If they made a biopic about Boston, the way they made one about Queen. Huh. It would just be all about it would just be about engineering and compression and and tracking guitars for 60 times and stuff. It would be so boring and exhilarating. Yeah. But then we started talking about that very fact. Location geographic band names. You got Boston, Chicago, Chicago, Kansas, Asia, Europe. Yeah. I'd forgotten about America. Well, who am I forgetting? There's a lot of them. Uh Saxopaha. I wish. Is that really one? No. Oh. Um, hmm. I think that's it. That's got to be it. The biggest band of them all, of course, would be Asia because that's the largest landmass that a band yeah. has ever named itself after. And the most populous. Oh, no. And also, you know, there's one that trumps them all. The experimental drone metal band Earth. They win. <laughs> right? That's pretty good. Because then you have all the other ones are nesting within it, like Russian Dolls. Natasha Leone on Netflix. Season two, Russian Dolls, streaming now on Netflix. Um, okay. We'll start the episode. Tampa. Is that one? Tampa? No. Oh. No. Imagine if that was the name of your band. Tampa. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That's a new movie that just came out. Anyway, that's the showbiz update. Let's move on to the political news. 
the thing that we've been talking about for the last, I don't know, how long we've we been talking about this guy, Madison Cawthorn? Oh, I don't know. Six, six years, seven years. Well, we are only going to be talking about him for a few more months now. Why is that, John? Huh? Because the guy lost. Right. My instincts told me a few months ago that he was going to lose. My head was telling me, no, he's going to win. But my heart was just saying, no, there's no way this guy, there's just too much, too many problems with this guy and he's going to lose. And he did. And he barely lost. When you say lose, are you talking about a pie eating contest? No, no, no. For those who aren't familiar, there was actually a um, a GOP primary. He was primaried in his district. As I'm sure you all know, but just for the stragglers, uh, since we spoke to you last, Pennsylvania and North Carolina had their primaries, and there were a lot of elections. And uh, Madison Cawthorn was in trouble the entire night, and then it it uh, looked like he might make a comeback, and he did, and it just fell short. And kind of the most surprising thing of the night, I mean, I think a lot of people were surprised he lost. But one of the most surprising things to me was that he conceded afterward. He conceded quickly to his rival Chuck Edwards. Yeah, maybe I think maybe he thinks he has some sort of tr- uh, future in the Republican Party, and then he needed to do that. Although then I think he went out and started talking about how he wanted to get revenge. Yeah, there's there's a new movement afoot called Dark MAGA, which is all just about taking vengeance on anyone who has ever slighted Donald Trump. That sounds like a healthy movement, but I think Madison Cawthorn will be helping in that in that very important social movement. So you lost money on this one on Predicted. Did I? I can't remember. My Predicted portfolio is so far underwater, you'd need scuba diving gear in order to take a good look at it. Yeah. Remember, for me, I ended up hedging and playing negative risk. Uh, so I was not going to lose either way. I wish I hadn't hedged now and had just stayed no on Cawthorn instead instead of no on both. Uh, but it was a safe play and it worked. And uh, I think it's been the first time in a while that I've actually had a good time on Predicted. Well, I thought you made, I thought the real good time was the Pennsylvania Senate primary. Yeah. We'll, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Here's what I want to say about this Madison Cawthorn situation. Madison Cawthorn lost to Chuck Edwards by less than 1,500 votes. And everyone said, well, once Madison Cawthorn made his comments about GOP cocaine orgies, they really put their gun, they really got him in their sights and they decided to take him out. It was an inter-party hit job, intra-party hit job. I don't think that's true. I think it was Democrats registering as unaffiliated voters who took out Madison Cawthorn. That with a margin that is so close that if Democrats had just stayed in their lane and voted as Democrats in the Democratic primary instead of the Republican primary, I'm sure Madison Cawthorn would have won, would have won uh, his primary. Because when you look at the numbers of unaffiliated voters who voted in the Republican primary, look at this. So I found this report. This is from the Asheville ABC News affiliate. The May 17th primary is just more than a week away. So the dateline on this is May 9th. Already voters have shown out in droves, particularly unaffiliated voters. They now make up the largest group of voters in North Carolina, John, as you and I know. And nearly half, about 42% of the Republican ballots cast so far in North Carolina's 11th congressional district. 
So unaffiliated voters, when, when they're a week before the election day, when it came to early voting, 42% of the Republican ballots that had been cast were from unaffiliated voters. And then Chris Cooper, who we both love because he's the Madison Distinguished Professor of Political Science and Public Affairs at Western Carolina University, he said, that is about twice what other districts are. I mean, this is a huge number. I've never seen anything like it. That's Democrats. That's Democrats changing their registration to unaffiliated. And as soon as as soon as you can start voting, they started voting in the Republican primary. And if they vote, if they change to unaffiliated or if they were always unaffiliated, they decided to jump into the Republican primary. You can jump in one or the other if you're unaffiliated, not both. Right. So they decided Jasmine Beach Ferrara probably has the Democratic primary wrapped up. And she did. She won by 30 points. Right. So let's change to unaffiliated, or maybe they already were unaffiliated. Either way, and they just went over and voted in the. So is that dirty tricks? Is that bad pool? No, you're allowed to do it. You're playing by the rules. All I want to say is it's Madison. Cothers- you're saying it changes the narrative. Absolutely, because I think when a crazy Republican loses. People have this fantasy that one of yeah. two things or maybe two things happen. One is, oh, the GOP voters have finally come to their senses. I knew they were salt of the earth, regular people. They're our neighbors and friends. Let's find common cause. No, these people are fucking white supremacist maniacs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm describing some of your beloved family members. I don't know if they're all that. And the other thing they'll say is, well, the GOP leadership has finally had enough of Madison Cawthorn's shenanigans and they put the knife in his back. And instructed everyone to vote against him. Now, that's true. Tom Tillis came out hating on him. A lot of people came out hating on him. That's that's not why he lost. He lost because of Democrats. He lost by less than 1,500 votes. That's Democrats doing that. Right. That's not I wonder what the numbers would be if it had been the same as it was in all the other uh, and and the unaffiliates had been 20% as opposed to 43%. Would Cawthorn have won by – I mean, Cawthorn would have won. We know that. It sounds like it would have won going away. Yeah, that's what I think, but maybe I'm wrong. If anyone understands numbers, politics, or Western North Carolina, email us at contact election profit makers and tell me I'm either right or wrong. Yeah, Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper, hook us up. Michael Bitzer at Catawba College. We'd love to know. We'd love to understand. That's my theory, though. This was Democrats taking Madison Cawthorn out. And the cocaine orgy thing, it doesn't... like. I understand the GOP and Kevin McCarthy, and they're all annoyed with Kevin with Madison Cawthorn for talking about cocaine orgies, whatever. They weren't mad at him because he actually revealed something true. Because then why would you? If someone has intel on you and your cocaine orgy, let's say John that you that let's say that you and I co-host a wonderful podcast, and at some point I spill the beans about how you invited me to, to some cocaine orgies and I saw you doing cocaine, and you got so mad at me, would your would your instinct be to then kick me out of the podcast or to keep me close and monitor what I say? Because once Madison Cawthorn is kicked out of the GOP, there's no incentive for him not to spill the beans. He could write a wonderful right. book called What I Saw in Washington, D.C. during the two years I was observing elderly statesmen do cocaine and have sex with one another and others as well as each other. Right. You know? No, I hear you. So basically what you're saying is we have to do the podcast forever. Because I know about you and your cocaine orgies, you can never right. let me out of your sight. You have to hold me closer than ever. There's an old saying from Aesop's Fables, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Ah, uh. There's an old bison and a scorpion. 
And the scorpion says, bison, give me a ride across this river. Yeah. And the bison says, why? We're not friends. And the scorpion says, oh, yes, we are. They get halfway across the river. The scorpion stings, kills, and eats the bison. Swims to the, other, swims to the other edge of the river. And a little rabbit shows up and says, oh, man, I just got my ass kicked in this race against this fucking tortoise. What's up with you, scorpion? And the scorpion says, come closer. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Aesop fable. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. So that's yep. what's going on there. I, this is what I'm saying. Sounds I don't buy right. any of the. I don't buy any of the current narratives about Madison Cawthorn. It doesn't pass the smell test. That's what okay. I say. You've convinced me. Thank you. Thanks for doing all that uh, research on that. Opening a link and looking at it and misunderstanding it. It was yeah. my pleasure as <laughs> always, old friend. <laughs> I don't think you misinterpreted it. I think you. I think you probably nailed it. It makes me a little bit sad, though. Honestly, I mean, good for. I guess it doesn't matter by any means necessary. Get Cawthorn out of there. It's a good thing. I, maybe if Cawthorn had won, honestly, I think it probably would have been better for Jasmine Beach Ferrara and the Democrats, and that she would have a better chance against Cawthorn. Though she still probably wouldn't be favored. So maybe it doesn't matter, but um, no, it's it's disappointing that it wasn't the Republicans cleaning up things for themselves. I don't think it was. I think we'll see more of him. Honestly. I think we haven't seen the last of old Madison Cawthorn. That's right. Guess what? As soon as John and David finished recording this episode, the House Ethics Committee announced an investigation into Madison Cawthorn for insider trading and having an inappropriate relationship with a staffer. So yeah, he's gaining. John, what happened in your district, the 4th Congressional District of North Carolina? Oh, the 4th Congressional District. Well, I voted on Election Day, went down to our old stomping grounds, Chapel Hill High School. Uh Uh-huh. Went in, voted. It was nice and simple. And uh, in our district, it was really no surprise, but the the one who had received all of the money from APAC and many of the endorsements, uh, Valerie Fushi won handily over Nidal Lam, although it wasn't by as much as I thought it might be. Fushi ended up with 47% of the vote and Alam got 37% of the vote. Huh. You know, and there were a number of other people that ran that, yeah, there was a guy named Clay Aiken who ran. Clay Aiken? What's his claim to fame? His claim to fame is that every contest he's ever been in, he's never won. Oh, he's he's always Shawnee. come in second place. Shawnee, but in this Shawnee, case, Shawnee. he finally, he's always finishes, you know, he in the, in the top, but he did not finish in the top two this time. He finished in the top three. He ended up with 7%. Ouchie, wouchie. So I got to give us credit because many, many months ago when he announced that he was going to run in this district, we said that the academics and the NPR types in this area <clears throat> were not going to be into Clay Aiken. Not that those are the only types of voters in the fourth, but those are the voters you and I are most familiar with. Right. And they, you know, yeah. Yeah, look at that. He only got 5,500 votes to Nita Alam's 26,000. And again, that's 9,000 less than Valerie Fushi's 35,000. So Fushi, she's in. And she'll, it. I mean, she'll probably be in forever now. 
and that's fine. Maybe she'll do a good job. This is a safe blue district. One of the bluest in the country. So uh, I don't know what the future holds for Alam. Who'd you but vote for? I think we'll be seeing her. I voted for Alam. Okay. You want to talk briefly about the North Carolina Senate primaries? I mean, there's not much to say. Yeah. Ted Ted Budd won easily. Right. That's not he's the Republican endorsed by Donald Trump, right? Wasn't he? Uh yeah. Sherry Beasley won easily on the Democratic side. Sherry Beasley crushed. I mean, this is the most lopsided of all the elections we've ever talked about because she got 81%. I guess because most of the other people had dropped out. Ted Budd, he had 58. He crushed former Governor Pat McCrory. Oh, Pat McCrory. Bathroom bill boy. Hey. What? McCrory did win the great state of Mecklenburg County. The great state of Mecklenburg County. Yes. Because he used to be the mayor of Charlotte, right? Yes. He was able to win... By like half a percentage point yeah. in his hometown. There we go. Uh, Bud won ninety nine of North Carolina's one hundred counties, right? And almost won. It, it reminded me of, um, yeah, the nineteen eighty four presidential election when Reagan won every single state, but Minnesota, and he almost won Minnesota. I remember watching that those election returns on the news that night with my parents when Reagan won basically everything except that they said Mondale won Washington, D.C. And I said to my parents, oh, see, that shows that Mondale is the better candidate because all the politicians live in Washington, D.C. and they voted for Mondale. Mm -hmm. It wasn't true, though. My parents had to explain that's not how it works. Yeah. Anyway, it's a cute story that I hoped would endear us to our listeners at least a little bit. Do you remember the 1980 election? I remember that election. It's one of my first memories in Reagan. The Reagan Revolution? I just remember him being like coming through an airport or something right after he won and and then the the hostages were released. The October surprise. Yeah. Then we had 84, and then we had 88. John, and then we had 92, and then we had 96, and then things really went off the rails in 2000. <laughs> That's yeah. when America started gaining. Oh, yeah. That's kind of when it was like, all right, I guess this is what things are going to be like now. And then, of course, after 2000, who can forget the 2004 election? Yeah. Four short years later, we had the 2008 election. Mm -hmm. And then just about 10 years ago, we had something called the 2012 elections, quickly followed four years later by the 2016 election, which we all uh, remember. That was an interesting one. We all savor those memories. Right. Well, anyway, folks, we're just sitting, we're just two old political hands sitting around with all our political memories. It was like James Carville and and Rick Wilson just sitting around with our political memories. This is Inside Baseball, folks. Yeah. We want to talk about Pennsylvania? Yeah, let's move on now to Pennsylvania. This is where the real action was on last Tuesday night on Predict It. That Senate race, which I think is still up in the air. Is that right? Uh, uh Yeah, it's still up in the air. I mean, I think Predicted traders and and most people in the know believe that Oz has it won, God but everything it, Dr. is not Oz. totally counted as of yet. And you know, I got to say, you know, I gave us credit earlier for nailing some things. We didn't nail this one. We we were quite confident, if I remember correctly, last week this was going to be no contest. You mean that Oz was going to win in a blowout? Yeah, and 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 it does appear that that Oz has won, but it was much much closer 
than I think we believed. But you were able to profit off some of that closeness over the course of the evening, were you not? I was. I absolutely was. I did a lot of swing trading and um, made a little bit of money. I'll tell you, it was the first time that Predict It was a, got a little wonky. Yeah, it crashed for me a couple of times when I was watching that market. Yeah, that's generally not good news, but it kind of is good news. It just shows a lot of interest, a lot of traffic. Well, the Predict It commenters were in a total ecstasy. They were like, this is what it used to be like. This is the good old days because the swings were going nuts. It was like yo-yo watching Oz's share price. Oz is trading at 90 cents, which is essentially... 100% uh, for Predict It because most people just get out. Predict It won't close it until it is certified and that could be a while because if it, if it falls within a certain threshold, there'll actually be a recount. So it's going to be Dr. Oz versus John Fetterman. That's right. For the Pennsylvania Senate race. That's going to be that's going to be a big one. I think the predicted volume for that race is going to be pretty massive. Basically, you have two celebrities running against each other, right? Is Fetterman a celebrity? I think at this point, Fetterman is a political celebrity. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Don't you think? Yeah. I, uh, I'm i just trying to find out where Predicted has this. Uh, you know, I do most of my trading on my phone and not on my computer. Oh, really? You usually use your phone and you don't know how to use a computer? That's interesting. Yeah. I was never aware of that. Never yeah. causes any issues for us that you don't know how to use a computer. Yeah. So which party will win the Pennsylvania Senate race? It's 50-50 right now. Actually, the Democrats are trading at 51. I, I, I don't think it's going to be... I think the Democrats are more favored than that. I think if, if Oz had lost, then then uh, we'd the Republicans would have a better chance. I think Republicans would be more into McCormick than they are into Oz. I think when it comes to Trump-endorsed candidates, Dr. Oz is kind of like the least suited to play into a Trump endorsement. Like, right. he can't he can't do it. The vibe is off. Do you know what I mean? Oh my God, it's so off. Have you seen these videos of him going around? It just, he's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Obama bowling. Speaking I wonder of if Trump will, Pennsylvania thing. Trump will eventually turn around and endorse Fetterman. Just based on, <laughs> right? I mean, if you didn't know anything about Fetterman, if you saw two photos and one was this guy, John Fetterman, with his crazy ass goatee and his cargo shorts, and the other one was Dr. Oz, and you heard Donald Trump has endorsed one of these two candidates. We're not right, going to tell you right. which party is which candidate. You'd be like, well, I get it. Dr. Oz is the Democrat running on the Oprah Winfrey agenda. And this other hulking dude must be the Republican who's been endorsed by Donald Trump. But in fact, friends, the very opposite has come to pass. Fetterman is the Democrat and Oz is the Trump endorsed Republican. It just goes to show, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Aesop's fables. You got it. Aesop's fables. Anything you want to say about the Republican nominee for governor of Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano? I mean, what more can you say? This guy is um, a total anti-democratic authoritarian and a real danger to democracy potentially, you know, completely believes that uh, the election was stolen and ran on on uh, having the ability to essentially overturn the election. Yeah. I don't know. It's incredible, honestly. Special announcement. 
special pencil sharpening announcement. David Reese live appearance. Very, uh, very rare, very special live appearance in the city of Minneapolis on Lake of the Isles, Saturday, June 6th. I will be supervising the inaugural sharpening of a 20 foot tall pencil slash tree stump. Saturday, June 6th, Lake of the Isles, Minneapolis. Specific time and address forthcoming. But if you live in the um, Twin Cities area or know someone who does, let them know that I am emerging from my years-long hibernation, once again donning my magnifying goggles, my black apron, my knives, my sanding implements, my pencils, and my sharpeners to bless Minneapolis with uh, my presence. Lake of the Isles. The website for more information is lotipencil.com. Lotipencil.com. All right, John, is there anything else we want to talk about last week's primaries, North Carolina and Pennsylvania primaries? No. Now this week we have the Georgia primaries and I think also Arkansas and maybe Alabama, but Georgia, I don't think there's much to say because Warnock and Abrams are going to crush in their primaries and Herschel Walker will win his primary. Speaking of Trump endorsed celebrities who is not really clear what they are doing in the political sphere, but anyway. And Kemp. Oh, but Brian Kemp and Raffensperger, who Trump hates, are probably both going to win their primaries. Absolutely. So that's kind of interesting. What does this say about Trump's hold on the Republican Party, John? Or should I say Trump's lack of a hold on the Republican Party? Yes, it could be waning. Couldn't it, though? (laughs) Yes, yes. But I still think everything is favoring the Republicans in the midterms. Okay. Just, yeah. All right, let's talk. Sorry? No, nothing. I was going to talk about COVID. What do you want to say about COVID? I don't know. It doesn't look great. Well, I just found out that someone I someone I was dining with outdoors on Saturday night has tested positive for COVID. So now I'm sitting around all self-conscious wondering if every passing thought is a symptom of COVID. Like, I just looked out the window and saw a leaf. Does that mean I might have COVID? Uh, so I'm going to wait a few days because, uh, and then test and then um, see what happens. But yeah, everybody's every, a lot of people got COVID. Everybody let their yeah. guard down. Just lay low for the next few days and, yeah. and then test. I'm going to lay low and I'm going to watch movies on my computer. Didn't you say you watched a movie recently? I had a crazy weekend of movie watching. On Friday night, I went over to my friend's house and we watched the new Michael Bay movie called Ambulance starring Jake Gyllenhaal. And then on Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, I went and saw everything everywhere all at once. And no, I don't mean I saw every movie everywhere all at once. I mean, that's the name of the movie. So that movie's getting rave reviews. It's, yeah, everyone seems to love that it's movie. An, uh, it's an unexpected smash hit. It's getting rave reviews. And I have to and say... Let me guess. I did not enjoy that movie. What? Nope. Maybe we'll do a special Patreon episode about... The, the, the haunting similarities between Michael Bay's ambulance and the Daniels's everything everywhere all at once. It basically was like if Michael Bay directed a Michelle Gondry movie. Okay. Both of those movies, as soon as you start thinking about them, they start falling apart. And it's like the, vi- the absolute visual chaos and, and story incoherence. Eventually you can't help but take it a little bit personally as an audience member. Like, do you, like, do you have any respect for me? But anyway, 
that's just my two cents. I'm very happy that an in you know that a weird independent non-Marvel multiverse movie is like a smash hit. I think that's great. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. And that's okay. John, some things are for me and some things aren't for me. Just as you might find some things are for you and some things aren't for you. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of our listeners probably have the same experience. Everyone's raving about something and you're like, you know what? This isn't for me, you know? Yeah. And before everyone says, I'm just saying this because it's popular, I liked Hamilton, okay? And that's like the most popular thing that's ever been made. Interesting. So your argument is invalid. I like popular things too. Name another popular thing you like. I like all the I like all the viral TikTok songs that I hear. Okay. Amani, don't jiggle, jiggle. It folds when and when to wiggle, wiggle. You know, got to be the fittest I'm riding in my Fiat. You really got to see it. I like that. I like Lizzo. I'm going to need two shots in my cup. This is going to be a good section where I just sing all the songs that I hear on TikTok. Now that I'm not on Twitter and I just spent eight hours a day on TikTok. Yeah. Are you posting anything on TikTok? you got to post some stuff I can't, here. I'm what are you at? TikTok star, David? I've been banking a lot of videos of noisy bleeps and bloops, but I haven't started posting them yet. Oh, wait. oh, come on. Just put them out there. I'm just worried they're not good enough yet. The people on TikTok are so good at making videos. Uh, I don't understand. These are like children. How do they learn how to make such good videos? It's like as good as TV. Yeah. I truly understand why no one goes to the movies anymore and they just watch TikTok. TikTok is 50 times more entertaining than anything I've ever seen on Netflix. It really is amazing. And you can watch so many crazy... I've, yeah, it's like I was watching this woman from Uganda who moved to rural China and speaks Chinese making like cooking chicken feet. It was like so interesting. She was so charming, flirting with her Chinese husband. It was like, it was terrific. You can see so many things on TikTok. That's an insider um, internet tip I'm going to tell everyone. TikTok is the future. I guess so. Is it owned by the Chinese communist government though? It's it's, it's owned by a Chinese company. Okay. Um, And I I guess they believe that the, the... Chinese government has their fingers in all corporations right. at some point. So, all right. Anyway, that's that's our show business slash TikTok roundup. Yep. Listener questions. You know, we got a lot of questions in comments from listeners about the hearing aid section last week. Right. Where I talked about how. I got my hearing tested and it wasn't great. And the audiologist said I should get hearing aids, which I am going to do. Um, and I, I really appreciate all these people writing in with their own experiences or the experiences of people they know. Um, so maybe I could read some of them. John, nothing would please me more. Okay. Well, Artie writes in, hey guys, I've been wearing hearing aids for about five years. I'm a professor and found soft-spoken female students difficult to hear, got hearing aids, and they are incredible. Support on iPhone is great. Here's a tip the audiologist I've worked with didn't know. You can load your audiogram into Apple Health. Then whenever you play music through speakers or whatever, the sound that comes out will be tuned to your specific ears. Wowie McGowie. Be ready to be mentally exhausted, for the first few days as your brain gets used to them. Yeah, a lot of people have said that. But that is really cool about the, uh, you know, your audiogram being fine-tuned. What is audiogram? Just like your hearing profile or something? Yeah. 
So it'll look at it and say, yeah, you don't hear basses very well. Oh my gosh. Treble. And then and, it'll and, bump the bass. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Incredible. Right? Yeah. I'm going to have bionic ears. Oh my God. And then as, as everyone wrote to me saying like, this means that you could probably like have effects built into your hearing aids too. If you want to like hear everything with a little bit of fuzz or just a little bit overdriven, you know, bring out those overtones, those rich harmonics, you know, like an old tube amp. Maybe you could like go all the way and actually get tube, vacuum tube powered hearing aids. You don't want these digital hearing aids, man. They just don't have the same richness and as analog warmth as like actual vacuum tube. <laughs> Imagine you have these hearing aids and then you walk around with a huge <laughs> backpack with all your vacuum tubes on it. How amazing and full and lush your hearing would sound. I actually do like that. I, I think they need to make hearing aids cool. Yeah, right? You know, stuff like that, uh, artisanal hearing aids. Yeah, there you or, go. Or, well, ear trumpets is the original artisanal hearing aid, right? Ear yeah, horns, those things, those true. big ass things. Looks like you're sticking a gramophone out of your ear. I think they should be able to, this is a thought I had. Um, you, yeah, you know how you have uh, iPhone covers and they come in different colors and, mm -hmm. and uh, things like that. I think they should have little covers for your oh, be dazzled because, or like yeah, because right. you know there you got this big battery behind your ear. I mean, it's not huge, but I think they come in like you know flesh color or brown or uh, silver, maybe. Maybe you could get one in Carolina blue in celebration of yeah. Tyler Hansborough, Psycho T. Exactly. Just like own it. Yeah. Just be like, yeah, I'm not trying to hide. Or you could um, attach a feather to it. Like if some people put a feather in their cap, you could have a feather in your um, hearing aid. I don't know. Would that be good? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Jill. Jill writes in, thank you both for such an entertaining podcast. I'm in Raleigh and appreciate the North Carolina connection. After this week's episode, I just wanted to wish John well with the hearing aids. John, your experience sounds very similar to mine. I'm 53 and have had my hearing aids currently a Bluetooth for iPhone version from Costco for about five years. My hearing loss was so gradual that it really crept up on me how significant it was, and I'm grateful for the technology to correct some of it. The potential for cognitive loss was also what convinced me to get hearing aids when I did. Happy to answer any questions about my experience, if it can help. Thank you, Jill, for writing in. I really appreciate it. And yes, that cognitive stuff, I don't know if, you know, the audiologist was trying to spin me and do a, you know, hard sell, but that terrified me. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not, if, if I was like super genius, I'd be like, okay, I could lose a few IQ points, but you know, I'm already borderline at this point. So yeah. I can't, I can't have any cognitive You've got no buffer when it comes to these IQ right. points. Right. No right. so I was like, room for error. Exactly. So I said, hook me up. I need these right away. I just don't want to be, yeah, you just don't want to be confused. Nobody wants to be confused. Yeah. You need to be sharp, fast. You got to be sharp and fast. Exactly. Like an arrow. Like an arrow from a bow and arrow hitting the bullseye every time. John Kimball, Hearing Aids 2022. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris. Wrote in as well. Man, Chris wrote Chris in a went ton. off. Yeah. And you've corresponded with Chris, right? Yeah, I've corresponded with, with Chris. Okay. Um, Let's skip Chris's stuff about hearing aids and talk about Chris's stuff about hearing protection. 
because this is where I'm at, because I have not been very conscientious about protecting my ears as I explore my sonic landscapes. I did, however, after reading this email and others that were sent to us, I did use hearing protection last week when I was exploring some sonic landscapes. But let's focus on what Chris says here. I should, he says, I also should mention hearing protection. I worked as a live sound engineer through college. I was the sound guy for indie and hardcore bands that came through Tallahassee and sometimes worked in a recording studio too. A wise and deeply hearing impaired 25-year-old engineer named Dingle told me to always use earplugs in any loud sound slash band situation, and I'm super glad I did. I'm in my mid-40s now and have totally normal hearing despite four years of thrash bands five nights a week. Wow. Here are two practical tips for people who are exposed to loud noise. One, pick a good ear you try to always protect. You never take out that earplug no matter what. Because sometimes you do need to take out an earplug to really listen. So plan ahead and beat up the one that's already worse. The ear that's already worse, I think he means. If you get a hearing test, you'll know which ear is worse. Okay. I was totally into this idea. Yeah. One ear, always safe. Other ear, thrash it within an edge of destruction. Well, I don't, I don't know. I Yeah. I'll have to discuss this with the doctor. Number two, if you can afford it, use something like edematic earplugs. I don't know how to say that. E-T-Y-M-O-T-I-C? Yeah. I got some of them. They're, they're, like, they're pretty expensive. They poke out of the ear and feel weird to me but are a little more transparent than the foam kind. Depending on the situation, you will get a more natural sound through them, but they are cutting out a lot of noise. They take us some getting used to. I think you can also get molded ones that are like custom for your ear canal if you want to get super fancy. Right, this is like, um, I can't use those little foam, roll them up and stick them in earplugs. I have some earplugs that, I don't remember where I got them, but I have some earplugs that that stick out of my ear a little. They look they look like... Um, hearing aids a little, but they're not custom fit to me. They're off the rack. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were shooting Going Deep, a TV show I made once that dozens of people saw, we did an episode called How to Eavesdrop, and I went to an ear doctor, and she did make molds of my ears, and she also gave my ears a deep cleaning, which was like truly agonizing and traumatic, and the stuff that came out of my ears was like... <laughs> We were told. Wait a minute. Was that on the show? I don't remember that part yeah. of the show. Well, the network said that under no circumstances could we include the footage okay. of what came out of my ears because it All was right. making the crew gag. <laughs> so that part might have been cut. Yeah. But anyway, this was a woman who's a who's a ear doctor who makes who does um, custom molded in ear monitors. I guess that's what it is. Okay. you know for musicians, you know, right? Where it's shaped precisely to their ear to prevent hearing loss and allow them to hear the the mix or when presidential on stage. what candidates? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's like just George a little. W. Bush in I'm sorry. Excuse me, John. Sorry. You know, nothing. You nothing. Want to say? Nothing. Remember, everyone thought George W. Bush was wearing a earpiece. Oh, right during that debates. debate. Yeah. There was a boxy thing under his suit jacket at one of his debates against John Kerry, and everyone said, he's getting fed the answers, or they're telling him what to say through that transmitter. Yeah. No, wasn't that. It's a big thing. That was a pretty good, that was a pretty good left-wing conspiracy theory for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. But it, what was it? It was like an emergency handle so, that, so the Secret Service can yank him backwards if someone's shooting That's at exactly him, right? exactly what it was. Yeah. Man, I hope I don't have COVID. Ugh. Man, that's really going to screw everything up for me. 
I was supposed to go to this cocaine orgy tomorrow and like, I can't what? tell if I, if I'm positive for COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I think COVID's going to pick up again, you know, they, because it's getting so hot. It's summer. People are back indoors. You know, we had some big time dew points this, this past weekend. Yeah, man. Tell Got me about these in, dew points. Sounds like they were going yeah, crazy. I'm telling you, once you get above 70 dew point, it gets really uncomfortable. And, and to remind uh, everyone, dew point does not mean humidity. No, it's 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 like the wet bulb temperature. Just Google it. It's 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 hard to explain. It's like explaining negative risk. Uh, but those dew points, when those dew points get up over 70 or so, then uh, what it feels like becomes quite uncomfortable. And here on Friday, actually, I left. I was out of town in Virginia this weekend, but apparently the dew points got up into the mid seventies. Mm. So you just don't want to be outdoors. Mm-mm. It was hot up in New York too. Yeah. Hot temperatures. People go indoors for that sweet AC. They're around each other and they get COVID. Yep. Oh. Election Profit Makers is an independent production. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash election profit makers. And please send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if you would like to play along and try Predict It, go to www.predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20 to receive up to $20 in matching funds. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify, Overcast, Reverb, wherever you get your podcast. Those reviews really do help us. And even if they didn't help us, it helps our self-esteem to read them. So we appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm sorry I was a little distracted this week. I'm just I just I'm thinking about whether or not I have COVID, but I'm sure it'll be okay regardless. Well, you look healthy right now. Well, if by healthy you mean a little bit chubby, I appreciate that, John. I have been hitting the cheese and sausage pretty hard lately, but that's okay. Yeah? Yeah. You look good too, though. Thanks, man. Okay, bye. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye, John. Yeah, see ya. John, I'll talk to you later on our podcast, Election Profit Makers, okay? Okay. What do you want to talk about next time? I don't know. Okay. All right. So long. Bye.